you can no longer, you know, use DEI as a check in a box. It needs to be a strategy. You need to build capabilities around it. It needs to be part of your leadership requirements. You need to invest in competencies to improve leadership development to make sure that they're inclusive in hiring. It needs to be in a tie to your whether it's your PNL or your KPIs or your OKRs. It needs to be at the forefront of your organization in order to enact to change. If you're still doing multicultural events and recognizing, you know, what we eat, that's not <laughs> DEI. The Perspective View podcast by CC America LLC is a show dedicated to discussing diversity, culture, and context beyond the boardroom. DEI today is more than a buzzword on a billboard. It is creating safe spaces for varying perspectives, ideas, and experiences without fear of being canceled because you don't conform. Let's tear down the walls together and build a new foundation with an open mind and understanding that the world revolves around the context of perspective. So for our very first show, we have the awesome pleasure of welcoming to the Perspective View podcast, transformational leader, Taquanda Hill. So before we get started, I'll give you all a little bit more about her background. She is the oldest of three girls and was born in New Haven, Connecticut. She was raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and has over 15 years of experience across professional and financial services industries. Taquanda has worked for major Fortune 500 companies, as well as top-tier big four consulting firms. Taquanda currently leads large-scale IT transformation programs for Delta Airlines across all IT portfolios and operations. Taquanda has a passion for travel, serving her community, mentoring, leadership development, and is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Taquanda is currently the president and CEO of Charming Company, co-founder of the Fortitude Collective. She also serves on the board for Change Management Institute and is an executive board member of the Henry County Georgia Federation of Democratic Women. Taquanda also recently was awarded the Unsung Heroine Award by the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, Incorporated, and was also recognized by South Atlanta Magazine for their Under 40 Spotlight. She received her Bachelor of Liberal Arts and Political Science with a minor in Public Administration from Norfolk State University, and she also has a Master's in Business Administration and Human Resources Management. Welcome to the Perspective View Podcast, Taquanda. Thank you, Tamaria, and thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have this conversation. You're welcome. So for anyone that is tuning in, the topic for tonight is DEI Corporate America. Is the culture ready? Taquanda has prepared a fantastic presentation for you all tonight to share her perspective as a transformational leader. So Taquanda, before we get started, as a transformational leader, how would you define diversity? Oh, how would I define diversity? I look at diversity as being inclusive. More importantly, as we're in this era of, you know, everyone's talking about DEI, I would say DEI is not only being inclusive, but truly having practical equity strategies. It's, it's one thing to recognize everyone's differences and to try to understand them. But when I look at equity, it's, it's no longer about, you know, breaking barriers. It's more of removing them. 
it's time that we remove the barriers so that we can have equitable dispositions across all areas of corporate America, pay, opportunity, promotion, leadership opportunities, you name it. So when I, when I define diversity, what stands out to me is equity. And you know what, Taquanda, you bring up a great point with regard to equity. And some people may not understand the difference between equity and equality. Uh, would you like to give us a little bit of background on what you mean with regard to that? Absolutely. Equity to me means, you know, having programs and opportunities that regardless of what is available and affordable to any and everyone in your organization. Um, I was just doing some studies on um, a company, Salesforce, and they have really leaned in on making sure that from a um, pay equity standpoint, that they, they, they did some analysis and they're committed to ensuring that, you know, they break, they remove those barriers of pay equity for women. And they, they put a lot of money. I don't know the exact figure, but the CEO is very passionate about it. So what he's done is he, you know, did his research and he committed to stand standing behind, you know, making sure that all women in his organization, top to bottom, experience true pay equity in the roles that they possess. So for me, when I look at equity is there's no not having an excuse as to why something is different from someone versus another, you know, just removing the barrier and, you know, leaning into the fact that it's truly important that, you know, your your people feel that, you know, they have the same opportunities regardless of anything. I love that. And quick question for you. Have you seen the meme where the there's three individuals of different heights and they're looking over the fence? Yes. And I, I love that because <laughs> to your point, equity is bringing, bringing the pay up based on their experiences and, you know, the fact that they They've earned it. Whereas when we think of equality, it's like, okay, let's just give everyone the same, but that's excluding their experience and what they bring to the table. So I love that you shared that. And immediately what came to mind was that graphic of the uh, the three, I guess you could say step stools. And it was adjusted based on the individual, not everyone getting the literally the same level and still not being able to see. Right. Was one in a wheelchair? Did one happen to be in a wheelchair? I feel like I saw that meme. Yes. Okay. I, you know, I, I think there may, there may be a few floating around. I've seen okay. one with like the boxes that individuals were standing on, and one was like a kid, someone oh. that was like middle aged, and then someone that was older, but they were all different heights. And then yes. I have seen the one with the person in the wheelchair. So it's spot on. And I think the the research that you're doing is really beneficial for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. So you came up with this fantastic title of DE&I Corporate America is the Culture Ready. Can you tell us what was the creativity for this particular title? Is the Culture Ready was something that we actually um, bounced back and forth for each other. As you mentioned, you know, I am one of the co-founders of um, Fortitude Collective. And when we were looking to do our first conference about a year ago, we had that floating around because we were talking about, you know, owning your chair, owning your space and making sure everyone had a seat at the table and, and making sure that we were able to reach all generations of women. So we kind of bounced it around and, you know, came up with is the culture ready. We ended up not using it for that segment, but it stood it stuck with me because I think in order for us to truly embrace, you know, I say diversity, but I really mean equity and inclusion, the culture has to be ready for that. And when I say 
the culture has to be ready. You know, typically you go into an organization and there's already a culture set for you. In order to truly embrace, you have to disrupt a little bit and you have to make some moves that, you know, may not be favorable to everyone. Traditionally, as, as you know, you know, cultures have been set, things have been in place for years. And in order to really shake it up, you know, I look at, you know, IT, for example, I'm a woman of, I'm a woman of color in IT. IT is predominantly white male or of Indian um, descent. So, you know, there's different cultures within that. In order for me to truly feel inclusive, you know, and for it to be truly equitable, you know, across in, in that environment, you're going to have to disrupt. And is the culture ready? I just saw another study um, from Rob Goodis, and they were talking about how um, women of color are leaving corporate positions at an all-time high. I think the statistics was around one in one in every three um, women oh, wow. are looking to leave corporate America, the great resignation. So when I say, is the culture ready? Is the culture ready for the disruption? But is the culture ready for us to walk out? Wow. So <laughs> it's two ways to look at that. And, you know, right. I, I, I really feel that, you know, we're, we're investing all this money in DE&I, but I, I believe that the culture has to embrace, you know, some of the disruption that's going to need to take place, or the culture is going to experience some of their most underutilized resources, but overworked utilor, um, resources walking out the door and creating their own. You know, I'm glad that you touched on this with regard to the great resignation and also individuals, especially um, women of color leaving the workplace. Did they happen to cite in that article what the drivers are behind that decision? Some of the, the themes that I heard in that was like women are exhausted. You know, they're tired of, you know, not being seen. They don't feel a sense of belonging. They're tired of their work being, you know, not valued or always happen to prove value. There were so many things around that. I know, you know, having conversations with different women, you know, especially women of color, we're the underutilized, what is it? Underutilized, undervalued, um, often, you know, placed in, in, in some instances in job and in, in opportunities where it's not as much value, but you're sort of trying to deliver value. You know, we're not always as visible. Um, I hope I said that right. <laughs> Um, we're not as always um, get we, we don't always get the visible roles sometimes. So for, but we know our worth. We know what we bring. You know, I always say, you know, and I think you and I have had this discussion um, before. It's like there's these little corporate norms that they they sort of throw out there to make you feel as if you're not able or capable, like the word strategic, which is one that I, I just don't like. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yes, you're not strategic (laughs) enough. Cold word for, you know, you're not ready for leadership. You're you're more tactical where, you know, I've really um, leaned into that a lot because I'm like, that is such a a misused, you know, stigma that they put on, you know, women and especially people of color. They're not strategic because I just feel personally as a woman of color, there's no one more strategic than me. (laughs) <laughs> there's, no more, I love it. there's no one more strategic than my mother. You know, women that had to make a way out of no way, that is strategy. But, you know, not only that, you know, to strategize and make a way out of no way and then to be able to execute and deliver, 
you you can't take that from a woman of color because that's what we do every day, day to day, time after time with adversity and everything else. So it's, it's just really interesting when I hear some of the things that I heard that kind of stifled my career or someone else I know. And, you know, I'm like, hmm, that's not going to fly with me anymore. <laughs> You know, I love that. And that's the whole purpose of this show is just to talk about those diverse perspectives, the ones that you don't often hear. And um, to your point, we have had this conversation. I was told the same thing many years ago. But to your point, to navigate the workplace requires a lot of strategy in addition to everything else that you're navigating. So great example. So (laughs) with regard to that, we were talking about the title. And, uh, you know, that led us down a path with regard to the great resignation and what the trends are and what we're seeing. Do you feel personally that corporate America is ready for true change as it relates to diversity, equity and inclusion? Why or why not? I feel there. I feel that there I don't like to make a general statement that they're not because I feel that there are companies that is leaning into it. Um, like I gave you the example of um Salesforce. That is a true example of them leading into pay equity and making a difference and, you know, shaking up the culture a bit, doing some analysis, investing in um, equity. So there are companies that's doing that. Um, I'll take, you know, my company, for example, we're having the conversation. Um, We're having a lot of the conversation. Um, Have we disrupt? I don't, I don't feel that we've disrupted enough, especially in the field that I'm in, IT. I feel like we can do more. So I feel that, you know, we're going to have, I feel like corporations that are talking about it is great, but corporations that's tying it to strategic initiatives, they're, um, you know, they can show practical examples of where they're closing the gap and moving the needle. That is when I feel that we'll see some true change. I feel like, you know, coming off of the, um, George Floyd movement, it was one of those things where everyone felt, you know, the world just shifted a little bit. So they felt more of a need to do it. But I think we need to move from this. You, you're responsible for this. That you, can't, you can no longer, you know, use DE&I as a check in the box. It needs to be a strategy. You need to build capabilities around it. It needs to be part of your leadership requirements. You need to invest in competencies to improve leadership development to make sure that they're inclusive and high. It needs to be in, uh, tied to your, whether it's your PL or your KPIs or your OKRs, it needs to be at the forefront of your organization in order to enact to change. If you're still doing multicultural events and recognizing, you know, what we eat, that's not <laughs> DE&I. <laughs> you know what? I, I love how you, how you answered that question because you covered, in addition to whether or not companies are ready, but really at a high level, how they can get ready. Right. So I I love that. Um, And to your point, it's not a one size fits all approach. You know, every company is different. Every, um, you know, every person is different. And so having these conversations, I think is a start. So uh, thank you. Can you tell us about an experience that really helped shift your paradigm as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Wow. I've had, I've had so many, um, many experiences, but I'll take like right now where I'm at in this moment. Um, you would think, you know, in 2022 that being the only would not be, you know, an issue anymore. However, you know, I still experience that today. 
And, you know, it really, really, I'm really convicted and committed to making sure that, you know, I personally bring other women along. So, you know, I, I, I'm intentional now about not only having the conversation, but building programs to ensure that, you know, we are bringing, you know, women, underrepresented, Latinx, what, what have you along, you know, so that they can have a footprint in corporate America. I remember, you know, at the start, you know, of my journey in corporate America, it was not easy. I was told no so many times, like, you know, and it was no for frivolous things because it wasn't a no that I wasn't qualified. Now that I kind of think about it in hindsight, it was just a no because you might not have had this, but you find out talking um, to different people that your, your counterpart didn't have that either. And it was just that, you know, because I was, you know, determined to move forward, to move up the ranks in corporate America, I personally made a commitment that I wasn't going to let anyone tell me no. I was going to be three steps ahead of you, make sure that, you know, I checked all the box that I needed so that I didn't have to hear that no anymore. But, you know, going back to as I started progressing more and more, I realized that the further you go up, you're the only, you, you continue to be the, in my space, let me, let me back up a minute. Um, as I shifted my career over to IT, you're, you're continually being, you're continuously in these arenas of being the only one. And when you're the only one in the room, honestly, it's almost as if you're invisible. You have to constantly prove that you're there. I mean, you get in there and you think, hey, I made it, you know, I'm in the room, I'm the only one. And then you realize, you know, I've been trying to get into this, 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 this door that now I got to prove why I'm here. You know, it's, it's not a welcoming thing. So I would say my perspective on DE&I started early on in my career. It started from a place of, you know, being no and having to constantly prove myself. And then it started, um, it shaped even more as I progressed in my career of, feeling uncomfortable being the only one all the time. I can imagine like that, that pressure. And I can say, I can imagine, and I've experienced it as well. So I, I feel for you in those spaces because being the only, sometimes you become the, the example. And I don't know if you remember in one of our, our past roles where we had heard the story during a, a Black History Month celebration where someone in a leadership position was the only, and they were told during the civil rights movement, if you don't perform, that will dictate whether or not we hire anyone else like you. So that that pressure actually, it, it can be a lot. So, and I just want to thank you personally, because I remember early on in my career as well, it was a paradigm shift for me when you told me you know, be three steps ahead, make sure that you check all the boxes because uh, similar to you, I was told no, uh, a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> I remember in one particular instance, 10 times told no, even though to your point, you realize that other people didn't have any more experience than you had. They just had an opportunity. So uh, I want to personally thank you and give you your roses for telling me and encouraging me to keep going and make sure that I check the box so no one can tell me no. Absolutely. And of course, I, you know, I definitely want to give them back to you. And you said something that really had me, you know, really think about, you know, when you're when you're the only and you have that pressure of being the only, it's hard to be your authentic self because you're so focused on, okay, I have to show up for everyone. Because to your point, 
if I do let them down, it might be, a, you know, another 10 years before they let someone else in the door. But what I have really learned, um, what I have really learned lately is that, you know, grace is given to some and not to all. Because I'm watching in these rooms where others are having a chance to learn while they're in there. And I'm expected to show up with all the twos. And if I don't, it's question, why am I here in the first place? So I take that to heart, you know, when when I'm when I'm in rooms now, you know, I, I try to, you know, pay attention and, and make sure that I'm not just focused on being, you know, perfect, so to speak. But, um, you know, I'm not showing up trying to prove to you that I have value. I'm here because I'm valuable and you need me here. So I try to, you know, posture a little differently now. And, you know, it, it took some time, but I try to posture a little different. Like I'm not, you know, here to prove to you, hey, keep me, keep me. No, I'm here. I know what I'm talking about. I'm valuable and I'm employable as well. So while we're here, let's get the work done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So while we're here on this particular topic, Belonging is a relatively new addition to the DEI acronym, but it's really important. So what does that look like in corporate spaces from your perspective? Having a sense of belonging, again, I think I just hit on it. You know, when you belong, you don't feel like you're proving yourself. You're not playing double dutch. You know, should I jump in now? <laughs> should I jump in? You know, you belong there. So you, you know, you're, you all are in it together. So you pretty much have a groove. So I feel like, you know, that sense of belonging is, is truly important. I think that is something that that's another competency that, you know, leaders need to make sure that there are um, creating environments where their employees and their teams feel a sense of belonging, because with belonging comes connection. If you don't have con um, if you don't feel belong, there's no connection and it's hard to deliver when you when you when where you're not connecting. So I think as far as you know, I know you asked me earlier, what does diversity mean to you? That is another, you know, area that we really have to tap into, especially coming out of a pandemic where, you know, you are alone, you know, you were isolated, you felt, you know, so many people went to through so many different things and connection is something we lost for two years. So now that, you know, everyone's doing this return back to work policy, it's important that if I'm going to return and show up, I feel valued and I'm you know, feel like I belong there and I'm contributing because I tell you what, a lot of women and, I, and I'll speak boldly for women of color. We got creative in those two years of downtime. We got creative. You know, we just started developing our own products. We started branding ourselves. We started collectively coming together. So we're not really in a space anymore where we want to feel like show up somewhere where we don't belong because we, we were able to tap into our inner self by, by that shutdown of America um, <laughs> that we experienced. So I think belonging is something that's really, really, really key. And again, it ties into that great resi the great resignation. A lot of those themes around some of that research was I didn't feel, you know, my voice wasn't heard. I didn't feel like I belonged there. I felt like I was always competing. I was tired of being the only one. And even when, you know, I brought others along, it's like, you know, it was exhausting to have to do that. I want to be in an environment where I'm thriving and I feel like I can contribute and it's welcome. Yes, that totally makes sense. And I'm sure there's a lot of people around the world as we as we see who are leaving for that very reason. They don't feel like they belong. So I'm um, definitely spot on. So 
There is another question I have before we wrap up. One is how can our listeners connect with you? So um, I am on IG. Um, my, my full name, Taquanda Hill. It's Taquanda Hill on um, Facebook. And then on IG, it's at Quanda32. So um, just follow me on Facebook. I am rebranding myself right now. Um, so I'm doing some work. So you will be able to, you know, uh, as I finish up my, my branding, um, I will be releasing, you know, my personal page and everything. But right now, uh, excuse me, my business page. But for right now, you know, you can find me on my personal um, social media handles. And a lot of them are under my full name, Taquanda Hill. Fantastic. And the last question is, what is one perspective view that you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would like to say, you know, as we wrap up this conversation on DE&I, to my sisters, to my sisters, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's very important for corporations to lean in um, for DE&I, but for my sisters, we are more powerful together and collectively. So it's very important for us together to bring each other along. We have to lift our, lift our voices and we have to make sure collectively we are lifting as we're climbing and we're bringing each other along because our competitive advantage now is not to be the only one in the room. When we start showing up for each other and bringing each other along, that would be, that will be our competitive advantage. Great. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective, uh, views. This is the, the type of things that I think we need to continue to have the dialogue as you and I have talked about over time, uh, because I think when we think about context and perspective and culture and diversity, there's so many layers to it. And sometimes individuals may only be able to hear or see things from their limited point of view. So being able to have these spaces and share, I think will hopefully help individuals really be able to have a paradigm shift and realize that there are other experiences out here and that those experiences really do matter and that collectively we can make a difference. Yes, absolutely. And let's be bold about it. You know, let's, we scratch the surface enough. Let's be bold and let's disrupt a little bit in this space so that we can truly see change and hold others accountable. Definitely. So I thank you so much for joining the show today. So excited to have you with me and great insight. Thank you for sharing your perspective, your views, and also tips on how corporations can become more inclusive. Thank you for tuning in to the Perspective View podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and share the show with others. We value your feedback, so please be sure to rate the show and leave us a comment so we know how we're doing. Also, this helps us share a message with more individuals around the world regarding different experiences and perspectives.